I am having such a fucking difficult time. to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 42. Did anything actually happen this week? We're not really sure. Uh, welcome to the Geekscape Games Podcast, where we talk everything video games, board games, pen and paper games, anything that you could deem a game. Head games. We, Have we, we talk ever about talked about board games or pen and paper games? I guess we've talked about D&D a couple times. Yeah, and you, um, I played Boss Monster a few weeks ago. Boss Monster's really fun. Didn't yeah, one of you talk like about it. the uh, Comic Con board gamers that someone played? Yeah, a one played Monopoly with games. Right. Of okay. People. All right. Um, <laughs> already off track. Uh, I'm uh, the illustrious Shane O'Hare. Uh, <laughs> Back to me. illustrious. We've run out of ideas. I have the dual luminaries of the Pacific Coast, Derek Cranavelt. Greetings. And Josh Jackson. Hello. Well, I didn't get a special greeting. At least I let me be I, hyped I said at least. Was, the, the the dual luminaries. Oh, I thought. Oh, okay. I thought Derek alone was the dual luminaries. <laughs> um, I guess it'll work. Um, like the title. Oh, come on, Audacity. Don't do. Don't, okay. Uh, like the title <laughs> says, not a whole hell of a lot happened this week. I mean, there's a lot of small bits of news. Um, but uh, the biggest one this week had to have been the Destiny live stream. No way, man. I doubt that was the biggest no news way. this week. You know what the biggest news is this week? What? That Final Fantasy VII is now available on the iPad and the iPhone. Okay. Tell, tell us why. That is like why... the biggest game of my childhood. Of, of, I feel like that, that that was one of the biggest games for many of us growing up. Would you guys agree? Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, generally Zelda speaking, yes. my biggest game. Generally speaking, yes. Personally speaking, eh. I mean, this is the... But you, like it's pretty clear that like this is the game that was an introduction to RPGs for a generation of people for the most part. I, it was yeah, one definitely. of the first RPGs that I really played or, or not necessarily played, but played all the way through and got addicted to and everything like that. You know, I once had a, an incident where my mom was so angry at me because I had been playing final fantasy seven for about 15 hours straight that Ugh. she actually grabbed my television and threw it down the hallway. <laughs> um, I thought Canadian. L- luckily, it was a CRT, so the casing cracked, but the TV was fine. Uh, and luckily, I had just hit up hit up a save point, so it was oh. okay. But well, that's the most important a, thing. <laughs> it's such a huge game for so many people. Um, I feel like this is a game where, like, I feel like the whole mobile market is just a really weird thing where people are like oh i'll spend ten dollars on coffee but i won't even buy an app for 99 cents like unless it's free i don't care i feel like even pe- people that are you know the, the far too many people that fall into that category a lot of them are going to be buying this game and it's not a cheap game either i think it's 15.99 in the states and 18.99 up in canada fucking christ 15 dollars for a game that came out in like what 96 that's but a, now you can play it on your phone that's obs- and, and that's mm. i feel like that's fair no it, well, it was a game i paid it was a game I paid fifty dollars for. I would say it's fair if it wasn't on PlayStation Three, Vita, and PSP for like ten dollars for the last five years. It's even on a f- how much? It's how much a- does it cost on Steam? I have no idea. Uh, okay, let me t- let me take a look. Because speaking of, even like right now, I think Square Enix is uh, running a flash sale on the PlayStation Store where mm. all of, like Final Fantasy Seven, VII, Eight, and Nine are all like five dollars each. I think. 
Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, in, in Square... It's $12 they... on Steam. Okay, so it's... I mean, it's pretty close to that. Steam, uh, Square also, they, they tend to... I don't know if you guys look at their mobile games ever, but they price all... They tend to price their stuff fairly high. Yeah. Um, like, that's... I think that's on par with most of the other Final Fantasy games that are on, on, the, uh, on the App Store. Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool in any case. It needs about four gigs of free space to download it. Um, wait, 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 wait. What? Four know, gigabytes? Man. How many CDs was that? Wasn't it like four was CDs? That game was three yeah, CDs. Yeah, a CD is... Yeah, and a CD is what? 700 megs? Yeah, but they're probably... They're like higher res and stuff now. It's probably a port of the PC I, version, which had it a is a port. Resolution. It's a port of the PC version, yeah. All right. But anyways, I, th- I feel like that's... It's like this is that... I, I remember when the iPhone first came out and... and you know, and then whenever the first Final Fantasy game came out, and people were just like, "What if Final Fantasy VII comes to the cell phone one day?" and and that day's here now, and it's pretty cool. And I mean, now looking towards the future, like now we're at Final Fantasy VII. How long until we see like FF10 or something like that on the iPhone? And how freaking cool would that be? Yeah, for uh, sure. That was that was hands down my favorite Final Fantasy. And on the subject I just of seven, felt like interjecting that. Oh yeah, well, ten was great. Like that's <laughs> probably my second favorite one. So and it's just super cool. Like I can literally, you can literally like be. Well, I guess you could do that with a handheld. You guys said it's on Vita and stuff. Yeah, it's on like the PlayStation Store for PSP oh, and okay. PS3, but then the Vita okay. runs it. Almost. It's just time. another. I mean, it's just another. It's another platform where you could be on the bus or be on the subway or be on the toilet and be freaking playing. You know, collecting materia and shit. And it's just. It. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, it's not surprising because Seven's been released in every way imaginable since it came out but it's cool to see it on phones i'm just not too sold on the price not not necessarily because 15 dollars is too much for the game but because it's so much cheaper on other platforms on the other platforms and has mm-hmm. been for a couple years but on the subject of final yeah, fantasy 7 I, I wanted to ask you derek since you mentioned how that was kind of the game that got you in new final fantasy or rpgs and it was for a lot of people yeah. Now, I might I don't remember if I mentioned this before on the show, but I f- and uh tell me if you felt this way, but in a lot of ways I feel like Final Fantasy 7 was one of the major games that really uh kind of ushered in the age of like cinematic experiences in video games cuz yeah. Personally speaking, and I know Was it was it 15 frames a second? Something like, well, the cutscenes were it was like a no, it was cinematic, <laughs> but <laughs> Ubisoft joke way back. That's a joke from 2014, guys. Well, we're going way back, but it's there. still relevant. <laughs> no, but I I remember with Final Fantasy VII, and that it wasn't my first RPG, but it was for a lot of people. And in my case, and a lot of my friends' cases, like they would just play the game with the purpose of getting to the next cutscene, so you could see that awesome part from the commercial. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I don't know if you remember the commercials when it came out, but I don't like, really. In retrospect, the commercials were really misleading, but at the time they were really cool. But they were like, "Oh, the greatest!" Like they advertised it as if it was a movie. They didn't show any gameplay, and it was all just the cutscenes. Oh, really? And they like they literally say, I think there were three different versions of it, and in one of the commercials, they literally say, "Oh, the best action movie of the year isn't a movie, Final Fantasy." <laughs> and then when you start playing it. And then when you actually start playing it, they're just kind of standing around until it's their turn to hit. And 
<laughs> and then you just and then when the actual cutscenes start, you're like, awesome! That part from the commercial—that's what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 reminds me of um like way back when, um I used to watch the Sci-Fi Channel uh, and they would have anime on like Saturday nights, and they had this commercial that ran for like get a VHS copy of Akira. Um, and there's a line that stuck with me forever that that I, I it was I knew it was like cheesy as fuck back then when I was a little kid, but it was like. Akira makes Blade Runner look like Disneyland. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and then I saw the movie, you know, 10, you know, 12 years later when it came out on that, that they had that big re-release. And I'm like, these movies are like barely anything alike. What is it? What, what, what was that fucking guy in the sci-fi channel even like alluding to? So, oh, gross. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I understand, um, being, uh, misled. Like yeah, but that. the funny thing is, at the time, it didn't even seem like uh, like the gameplay was so solid that nobody really cared. It was just a funny observation in retrospect that it was like it was sold as if it was going to be an action movie, and then you buy it, and it's a turn-based RPG. Um, we can file this next uh, news piece under surprising. Uh, Capcom um, had reached out to the Italian team. That was making the Resident Evil 2 Reborn, and they asked them to cease and desist and to come join them. Huh. And I, when I, when I read that, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! Capcom making some like good decisions, like, like there, there. I, I feel like somebody over at Capcom is like, man, Konami is fucking up big time. Let's do one good gesture, and we'll, we'll just like reap the benefits. Like, man, Konami, why can't you be one of Capcom? Yeah, it's, um, it feels like it's like. We're not the most hated game company right now. Like, let's do some really cool stuff to make people forget that we're pieces of cr- we've been pieces of crap for the last four years. Yeah, and it was um it was pretty interesting um because they've usually just put the kibosh on fan products like Mega Man Legends three, um and um uh, a couple of other ones. I, I I just I can't remember right now. But but typically they've just been like, yo dog. Just quit that shit. Um, but now they're like, "Hey, quit it!" But uh, come, come work with us and 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 talk to us. So the official response from Invader Games said, uh, "Capcom called us up in advance of the announcement and asked us if we would mind stopping the project as they had longer-term plans for a Resident Evil 2 remake. They have invited us to a meeting to discuss further ideas. Even though we cannot complete the project of Resident Evil 2 Reborn, we're happy that we've shown what we've shown has achieved consent from worldwide fans and especially has been noticed from Capcom itself." We promise that the work done until now will be useful for future projects. We won't disappoint uh, you and uh, won't disappoint your and our expectations. Um, it, that's, I mean, I played the little demo that they had um, uh, when we talked about it ages ago, ages ago. And um, it was, uh, I mean, it was playable. Fuck. The interesting thing was, both both reborn and remake are in the Unreal Four engine, so there's um I thought it, I, I I don't know, I thought that was interesting. Fuck off. What do you what do you got, Derek? Or what do you got, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek could talk. I mean, I'm sure he has an opinion on it too. He... Uh, I'm just res- excited. I've actually I've never played Resident Evil Two. Oh, then you so don't. I'm have actually. What? Yeah, no. I'm just I'm really excited to play Resident Evil Two. Um, what? Yeah, I know, right? I just I don't know how I missed it. That was that was the first survival horror game I ever played. It scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, like I, I played the. I, I couldn't play it unless my dad was in the room. 
I played the first Resident Evil game, and then I didn't play another one until Resident Evil 4. And it was, I think it was because when I was, like, you know, when, like, Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2 and 3 came out, like, I was pretty much at the liberty of my parents to purchase games because I was, like, 6 or 7 or 8 at, at those, the, you know, during those periods of time. And then when Resident Evil 4 came out, like, it was, like, 2004, I had money, I had a PS2, so I just went out and bought it. But, I, you know, I just didn't have the ability to and then they became like resident evil 2 i remember at one point being like okay now i want to play resident evil 2 and it was really hard to find at that point at least where i was at yeah really? it became kind yeah, of hard so, to find yeah and so i i guess when i went to play it it was at that period of time and uh i just never it just never happened and so now i'm really looking forward to this to 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 this remake and i actually have it's been like i haven't played that first resident evil since the first time i played it as a kid and i have the the HD remake on my PS4. I just haven't had a chance to put any time into it yet. Right. And one of the things I'm really hoping out of that we get out of the remake, which I know a lot of people that have played it don't know either, but the first copies, like the first print of the game had like more violence in it. And then really? every print after that, they toned it down like a significant amount. So I'm wondering if the remake's going to go, go ahead and like kind of re redo all of those death scenes because basically now what that it was, violence is all good yeah pretty much because basically what it was was um like if you die if you got hit by like something lame like if someone threw something at you or they like cut your calf and that's what kills you it would just you would just fall and that would be the end of it but if you like let a zombie kill you by grabbing you it would play like a, a small cut scene where they would like bite your throat out or if you got hit by the tyrant and he killed you with that with a certain punch, it would play like a cut scene where he would just kind of pummel you and then punch you so hard that your head spun around and snapped your neck and like <laughs> stuff like that. Jesus. And like I, I remember I remember it was when I got killed by a liquor and it just like shot through Claire's chest. Um right. I was just like I was like, holy fucking shit, this this is this is intense. Right, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Because I think that was one of yeah. the uh that was one of the first print death scenes. So, like every other, yeah. like every other version after that, like the reprints of the PS One version, Dreamcast port, N sixty four port, like regardless. Well, of I how played you... it on the N sixty four. Oh wait, no, you so... know, what? I think N sixty four might have had it. I don't remember, but okay, I know that uh, like later versions were like if you got killed, it would just say you died and you'd be on the ground, and that's it. So, if anything, I hope they bring that back because apparently I'm bloodthirsty. <laughs> there you are um why don't you tell us about red ash crowdfunding campaign part two right because we were talking about it quite a bit last week um and unfortunately juan couldn't be with us this week who uh had a lot to say on the subject of mighty number no. nine getting delayed and then the red ash kickstarter failing and them seemingly holding off the announcement that um mighty number no. nine got delayed until afterwards but um, earlier this week, like the day after we recorded the last show, uh, an announcement was made on the Red Ash Kickstarter, where if and if you're unfamiliar, they were basically funding two different aspects. One was going to be like a video game, which initially was only going to be a prototype, and then they were going to uh, crowdfund the full game after that. And then there was like a second. Why would you crowdfund a? Why would you crowdfund a prototype? That's part of the reason why it didn't. <laughs> it didn't succeed. I guess That's the idea retarded. was 
Because you remember how Mega Man Legends 3 was going to have a prototype version, which was just a uh, glorified demo to gauge interest, and they were going to sell it for like three bucks or something, and it was going to be like a prequel to the main game. But then even that got mm. scrapped when Capcom decided to um, drop the game. Do so their I thing. think that's what they were huh. going for. I think that's what they were going for, like the same thing, but they were asking for, I don't even remember what the goal was, but they were asking for a significant amount of money just for the prototype. And it didn't guarantee you a copy of the actual game when it came out, and they said they were going to do a separate Kickstarter on that. They eventually added the uh, actual game as a... Stri- as a um, as one of the rewards for donating a certain amount of money just to try to entice people to um, to donate, but it ended up falling through. But anyway, as an update to that story, uh, the, anima- the other half of it, which was an animation side, since they had a separate Kickstarter to make like a short animated movie alongside the game, neither of which were out yet, keep in mind, um, where... Now they're going to restart the crowdfunding, uh, their crowdfunding campaign for the animation portion of it, but they're going to do it on a different uh, crowdfunding website where the money that you donate uh, is kept by the company, regardless of whether or not you, uh, whether or not it actually succeeds. Is it, Indie, it is, is it Indiegogo? No, no, it's it's some site I never heard of. I'm flipping through the page right now but part of it's in japanese so i'm not sure if i'm going to be able to find the name oh it's i think it's called c fun but something like that but yeah so the idea is that you donate your money and they debit it immediately and you don't get it back if they don't meet their goal but their consolation is that hey if we don't meet our goal, will we still keep your money so we get to still put it towards a project regardless if we meet our goal? So it's a win-win in their eyes, I guess. That's, but that's it, really f- like that's they got some really fucked up priorities. Yeah, like it just seems like well, it's so out of touch. I mean, people were already mad with the first Red Ash Kickstarter because Mighty Number no. Nine wasn't even out yet, and they were starting a new camp. They were starting two new campaigns, one of which wasn't even for the full game. And it didn't seem like they, it seemed like they were just kind of crowdfunding for the sake of crowdfunding. And then after they got so much negative press to release this makes them just come off as really out of touch as far as what the people want and why it didn't uh, succeed to begin with. Mm. And just the idea of it, of them keeping your money regardless of whether or not they meet their uh, funding goal was kind of like really scummy to me. Well, I mean, there's there's some there's some crowdfunding platforms that that do that, and it makes sense for like uh, I know when Rooster Teeth did their crowdfunding for their movie that they they went with a platform that let them I think they went with Indiegogo where they they could keep the money and they're like hey and then you know if we don't make our goal we'll just you know try to get investors and and stuff like that but they you know they obviously made their goal. Um, I don't, right. I don't. But, I don't know. I, but don't you think it comes off worse when it when it's following them failing the first time? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Where it's like, oh, uh, we didn't they, like we didn't reach our goal the first time, but this time we want to do it, so we keep your money regardless. Like at least that's yeah, how it comes off to me. Yeah, it's it's um it's it. I don't know. I I have I have this weird love hate for crowdfunding campaigns. It's just I I. 
I don't know. Especially for ones where there's like like zero proof of concept. Um, I mean, we we just has there been any demos of Mighty Number no. Nine released? Uh, yeah, there's demos out. Like playable demos. Yeah, they had so, one at Comic Con this year. Okay, so I mean, I guess there's proof of concept is there, and we can they they can obviously make a game, but oh well. Then I, again, I, though, there's... Mighty Number no. Nine is completely different from Red Ash, though. Like, what, what what kind of game is Red Ash? Well, Red Ash is basically Mega Man Legends, like how Mighty Number no. Nine was oh. supposed to be a ripoff of classic Mega Man, uh, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Um, Red Ash was supposed to be a, a knockoff of Mega Man Legends. Got it. Got it. Huh. So they were right. kind of. Um, well, can I finally? Oh, sorry, you cut out. Go oh, ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. That was, I was just gonna say. So they were kind of just transitioning into that, but I wasn't really gonna add anything else. No. Um, can I finally talk about Destiny, Derek? I guess. Okay. So on Tuesday, Bungie had a um, a Twitch stream about uh, just kind of giving you all sorts of information on what to expect with the Taken King, and there was um, a whole hell of a lot of stuff. And actually, I got I got so many tabs open. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, team. We're doing this live. Um, Basically, uh, they the big thing is they are um, getting rid of light. Um, your light level is is an average of your attack and defense across all of your equipped items. Um, now everything is purely experience uh, uh, and just like standard leveling up to uh, level forty. Um, they completely like retooled the UI, and you now have the option of having up to 32 uh, quests going at once and 16 bounties, which is, which is, uh, I, I don't know. Like, did you, do you have, have to have 16 bounties going at once? Like, did, did any of you ever find yourself like hoping for more um, uh, bounty space? I, I kind of liked the, cause what, what was the, what's the limit currently? Eight or six? Uh, I think it might be eight. Yeah, I kind I kind of liked having that limit because it just forced you to you know rather because what what did you say it's going up to thirty? Well, there's like thirty two quests that you can have, but then the bounties okay. is going up to up to sixteen. Yeah, like sixteen is a like sixteen is the point where you can just grab everything and then just as I'm doing other crap, like you know I'll probably complete bounties. I liked the, the fact that it was at eight because I felt like that was a fairly small number. And there would always be newer, like, here's some new bounties that might be easy to do. Okay, well, I'm going to go to the moon right now and focus on this bounty so that I can come back and take this one. Whereas if you're doubling the amount that you can carry at once, it's just, I don't know, I feel like it's you're, you're less likely to be like, okay, I'm going to go bounty hunting. And instead, I'm going to just do the stuff that I was going to do anyways, and I'll probably complete some bounties while I'm doing it. Because you'll just have such a random assortment of bounties that it's you're just going to be completing them while you're playing regular stuff. Yeah. And it'll it'll uh, it'll let you be um uh, it'll let you like when you're just doing story mode uh, it'll let you I am having such a fucking difficult time trying to articulate my words tonight <laughs> it'll change how you approach situations like if you got the one where you have to uh you know kill two or more people with a fusion rifle um, you're gonna approach situations differently um there is a new consum- consumable item. Uh, called the spark spark of light. Uh, you get one of them per Taken King purchase, and it will automatically boost up a character to level twenty five, which is the minimum for the Taken King. 
um, which um, I just started at Titan. She's like level three, so th that might be something I, I might want to do. But I, Destiny is I, I, so cathartic for me. Like I'll just sit and just play the story by myself, and it's it, the the core gameplay is so enjoyable that I don't mind the monotony. Uh, which I, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, like like mechanically, the game's awesome. I just got bored because there's barely any content. Well, there's tons of content now. What do we now, do? now there is, but I'm I'm less interested in starting up again. Ugh, I hate you. <laughs> Um, I I mean it looks you know if you just did your ten articles a week I'd be playing every night but it, I just can't. I hate you. <laughs> I think um, we live in a weird alternate reality where Shane has a few more articles up than you do though. Yeah, we do. It's weird. No, you don't. I, yeah, <laughs> look how defensive he got. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this week. It's been a long week. Okay. It's been a long time. Um, I'm gonna go to. There's going to be new ghost shells um, uh, and that will let you, uh, like, one of them that they had in the um, live stream was a ghost shell that changed the color of your ghost, but it pointed out um, where, like, Spirit Bloom was. So it would, like, it would be like, oh, Spirit Bloom's nearby. Um, and it, it adds to your character's defense, too. So your ghosts are going to uh, buff you up, so... Not only are they getting rid of Dinklebot, but they're making his usefulness like double, um, which is because I, I, I didn't like how useless the ghost felt in the game. It felt it, it really felt like you should be able to do more with it. And it yeah, uh, the class items uh, are now going to give you defense and they can level up. So like your warlock bonds and your capes um, aren't just going to be purely cosmetic anymore. Um you can pledge allegiance to a faction and get faction rep instead of having to wear faction gear. Um, there's going to be collections now, so you can have you don't have to like keep your emblems and your shaders. They're going to go into like a collection that you can like go and check in and check out. Um, uh, we all know about the new subclasses. Um, the Vanguard Mark and Crucible Marks um, are just changing, are co coming together and they're turning into legendary marks. So it's like another currency that you can use to buy um, specific gear. Um, do, do, do. What else we got? New guns. Um, there's going to be new Crucible quests, um, new bounties. Uh, what else do we got? It's a whole lot of shit. Um, uh, exotic blueprints uh, will allow you to regain anything that you might have lost or shared. Um, so you can actually like rebuild them. Um, yeah, just a lot of like really interesting stuff. It, it, it's it's the Taken King is shaping up to be worth the forty dollars um, that uh, you know w that guy said. Like it's it's worth way more than just the uh, the uh, the emotes and the dances. Now, um, are, are you gonna are you gonna pick it up, Derek? I mean, can I can I see uh, you? Probably not really yeah i don't have time man oh you know what time stands for no this is my excuse <laughs> <laughs> man i it's just not gonna happen like i get maybe an hour between an hour and two hours of gaming a week if i'm lucky and i'm still no i'm still like 20 percent through the witcher i still haven't played batman metal gear is coming out and then after that's fallout 4 plus mario maker plus a bunch of other nintendo shit it's just not going to happen. All right. Well, Josh is going to get it. Me and Josh are going to play, and we're going to be we're going to become legend. And you're going to be jealous. I don't know jealous. if I'm going to get it. 
Fuck! <laughs> He's like, yeah, Derek's right. There are a lot of games coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brings up a good point. So, all right, Derek, well, well why don't you uh, share some more news with us in the, the slowest news week I think we've ever had to deal with. <laughs> it is pretty slow. I I mean, um, I'm, sc- I'm scrambling right here, so. I am pretty stoked on this. Did you guys see that uh, limited edition Darth Vader PS4 that looks fucking gorgeous? Yeah, yeah they kind of came out of, like, nowhere. Yeah, it was announced at D23. So there's two bundles coming out, um, both limited edition, both on November 17th. Um, I think it's the best-looking limited edition PS4 we've seen so far, including the Destiny bundle, which was gorgeous in that white. Um, That's the one that I got. Yeah, you're lucky. Uh, so it's November 17th. No pre-order information yet, but they should be up on pre-order soon. Both include a Darth Vader 500 gigabyte console. Uh, the controller looks really cool too. It said they said that it's modeled after Vader's chest panel, so they have different colors on the buttons and stuff like that. Uh, it also includes a download code for uh, a compilation called Star Wars Classics, which includes Super Star Wars, Star Wars Racer Revenge, Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, and Star Wars Bounty Hunter, which are all playable for the first time on PS4. And they said that Dude, that's they awesome. all. St- they all sport enhanced graphics and trophy support, apparently. Um, so, again, as I said, there's two bundles. So one will include a digital deluxe edition of Star Wars Battlefront, and the other one will include a physical copy of Disney Infinity 3.0, um, which also has the base, the Rise Against the Empire playset, um, which has Luke Skywalker and Leia, as well as the Rise of the Empire, Rise Against the Empire. Oh, sorry, the set piece, and the, also the Boba, Boba Fett figure, which is, of, of course, exclusive to PlayStation throughout the holiday season. I think is, it looks, that, is, that the, looks, is that the only way to get the Boba Fett figure? Uh, I, they will release the Boba Fett figure next year, I think. But the, Oh, no, the, no the, you can get it for PlayStation, can't you, Josh? Yeah, there's a, like a collector's edition that comes with Yeah. Oh, right, Boba you have to get Fett. the collector's edition. Yeah. Or wait till next year. <laughs> yeah, it, but yeah it, the, it, it, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, it's a it's a freaking sweet looking bundle, and and I think that I I think Battlefront is gonna sell a lot of consoles on both sides, and having that gorgeous limited edition console available in a Battlefront bundle that's gonna move a, that's gonna sway a lot of people over to PS4, I think. Yeah, and I was you know, thinking um, about it when I saw the announcement. It puts them in this kind of weird position because EA is trying to promote the Xbox version because of EA Access, and then Disney's promoting it on PlayStation with these bundles. So it's kind of weird. That's true. Yeah, that is that is a very uh, interesting observation. Did did anybody um uh like chase like limited edition consoles? Like I would I would always see like my I, I some friends of mine that would always whenever new like custom edition or a bundle edition of a uh, console came out, they would just ditch their old console and get it and get a new one. Uh, did, did any of you guys ever do that, or do you just no, buy I- one? I buy one like I buy one at launch, and then I typically, if I don't end up selling it because I never <laughs> I never freaking play it, uh, like I did with the Xbox One, um, I just typically hold on to that console. I still have my Wii from launch day. Like as cool as you know these these bundle. This is a gorgeous bundle, but my PlayStation sits there collecting dust most of the time, and even when it's not, it's in an entertainment unit, so you're not seeing the cool graphics and the cool limited edition is it's a really cool bundle and had i you know if i did not own a ps4 already and was like yeah i'll get one at some point something like this probably would sway me into getting one or the destiny one would have swayed me into getting one but i already had one 
I really, I really wanted that, um, that uh, classic edition. Oh, that was freaking gorgeous. I'd trade up for that in a second. Yeah, I would too. Um, yeah, the only uh, ones that I would do that with. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say no, I, no, go I would do that with DSs somewhat, but only if I see one that's really nice. Just unfortunately for me, they came out with a lot of really nice 3DS consoles. So <laughs> I have like five of them right now. And unlike Derek, I don't. I, I still sell need to get one. a new one. Yeah, like I never sell mine either, so I have like five or six DSs in the house. Oh, yeah, I typically you, if I don't if I if I just don't play something for a long time, I'll get rid of it. I M- Michaela actually wants a 3DS now, but she wants to wait until a cool limited edition one com- a cool limited edition one comes out. She's like, I don't want that regular crap. <laughs> Does uh um fuck that's a perfect segue, but I want to finish my thought. Um, did can you play the PS4 in vertical mode? Like, can can that be yeah they sell upright? a vertical stand? Because I kn- I know you can't do that with the Xbox One. Yeah, they sell a vertical stand for the PS4. Okay, okay. And, you know, a, a little, like, like I don't know, quote-unquote pro tip is um, the uh, a, a really quick and easy mod you can do for your PS4 controllers is pop them open, and you can get um, uh, bigger batteries for them. Fairly, oh, God, really? Fairly inexpensive. I mean, it's, it's just a standard, it's just a standard battery, and you can get ones with more milliamp hours and they'll just slot right in and but it doesn't cool. like generate more heat or fuck it up or anything nope nope you know but what the, the worst thing about the playstation 4 is aside from the lack of games the battery <laughs> <laughs> the uh the freaking it's like a i swear it's like a 30 minute battery like if i ever turn my console on it's always like oh gotta plug in and then it's always like the head my headset and my controller always die at the same time and i i only ever have one micro usb cable around it's a freaking nightmare yeah um you, you can get uh just standard batteries that just slot right in uh, it's a mm. it's a universal pin but the coolest thing that i i keep neglecting to do it i might order the parts after the show now that i'm thinking about it but you can get xbox one thumbsticks and they slot right in and they, they, what's, they the, what's the why are those better um, they're they're squishier, um, and they're just the community has said like, hey, they're they're way better than the the ones I've never held an Xbox One. Um, yeah, I feel like I I feel like they feel pretty similar. What I I I'm actually a really big fan of Control Freaks. Have you guys used those ever? No. No. What is that? So Control Freaks are they're just these little um, they're just these little extensions basically for your thumbsticks, and you can get them at different heights. And basically, what they do is, of course, they by extending the length of the thumbstick, they're giving you a bigger range of motion um, so you, that you can make more precise movements um, in shooters and stuff like that. I, I got some for I got some sent to me, actually, for my PS4 um, just shortly after launch, and it made, I, I've never taken them off since, and now if I ever like hold a PS4 controller without them, it doesn't feel as good. They're, um, and, I, and, and when the company was like, hey, do you want to try these? Um... I was like, yeah, okay, it sounds gimmicky and fake, but I'll try them. Freaking love them. Really? They're they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and it and it just, you know, because of course now as I move the thumbstick, it's moving. You know, even though I'm moving it more up top, it's moving it less underneath. So you just get more precise movement, basically. Hmm. Um, so I found it makes a big difference in shooters and stuff. It takes a little while to get used to, especially if you've been playing the like playing with the standard controller. But once you get used to it, you don't want to go back. And they're like ten bucks or something. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at their website right now. They have um they have ones that um like 
cup around your thumb, like cradle it, so you can just uh, like lean back and forth. That are designed for racing games. That's, oh, really? It's like a it's like a U shape that you just rest your thumb in. That's really oh, yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah, they're really cool. I I would I would actually really recommend them. I'll have to I'll have to check them out. But uh, yeah, that's the pro tip from from me and Derek this week. Uh, how to upgrade your PlayStation Four controller and make it quite not suck. Quite, yeah, quite on point. Yeah, I can't stand the fucking touchpad on that thing. You know what? That's just it's like completely. I feel sense. like I I I feel like the touchpad is a it's a cool idea. Terrible execution in almost everything. At this point, it's a How glorified. So? At this point, it's a glorified select button since they replaced. It's just a giant button. Button with uh, yeah, with the share button. The share button. Yeah, it's literally just a, for. There's been a couple games where you can actually. What games were? What games? Like there's a couple games that actually use it. Yeah, Infamous uses it really well to navigate around the map and stuff like that, and I actually quite like that. But most, for the most part, it's just a giant ugly button on the top of the controller. Yeah, pretty much. Would you say that that's the the the, the weakest part of the the controller, besides the battery life? <laughs> besides the battery life, and the, yeah. And, and the I mean, it's light. The, I I actually don't mind the light. I let the light if if used properly. The light, you know, if you look at games like Alien Isolation and stuff, the light adds to the atmosphere of the game. I think most the of the time, part of the reason it's a, why it dies so quick, though. Now it is. I think yeah. Most of the time, I, it's I a turn waste that of brightness all the way down. Most of the time, it's a waste of freaking space. But but playing um, playing stuff like like uh, like Alien Isolation, it does make it is it is really neat and really unique how it changes. Like when I when you lift your motion detector and stuff like that, it's I, I quite like it there. And you know when your health when your health gets low in in some games, it turns red and stuff like that. It's gimmicky, but it, but it, I th- I feel like it's neat. Mm. Neat, very neat. Um, yeah. I- <laughs> that's kind of it for me guys um well, there's a, you're oh, gonna talk about your new favorite game oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> my new my new fucking favorite game um pull this up there's a game coming out called omega oh, your two new favorite games sorry oh yeah two new favorite games um uh omega labyrinth um is a dungeon crawling game um that is coming to the vita so i guess i gotta get fucking get a vita by publisher <laughs> d d3 um what else has D3 made, Josh? Um, they used to publish the Naruto games before Namco Bandai did, and then they've re- they release uh I think they've ported over some of like the Harvest Moon stuff, like a lot of really niche stuff, even though Natsume does Harvest Moon now. Oh, okay, they um they they're the company that um brings over those um uh trash games, you know, like Oni Chanbara. Oh yeah, well makes, yeah, it, they brought out the first Oni Chambara, that's right. Yeah. So um but this game um is a dungeon crawler where your characters um um uh breasts get bigger the um the <laughs> better you do in the game. And it's you, all you about have, um Do you have some troubles okay. getting that out? <laughs> no, I'm just looking at the pictures right now, so um <laughs> I'm 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 actually fuck it I I gotta get a Vita. Uh, it just looks like it's like your standard turn-based JRPG fare. Uh, it might be an action RPG because I'm just looking at some Japanese screenshots right now. But um, uh, yeah, it's it, I I don't know what it is, but like, games like this really interest me. But I not for the reason you think. <laughs> like I, I, exactly I'm not like for the reason you think. Or or it's exactly the reason you think. Maybe that's why. I, I mean, I got. 
I got Senra and Kagura on the, the 3DS just purely for like uh, TD game. And I was playing, I'm like, this is actually kind of fun. Um, it's a good I was, game, I was actually. Surprised. Yeah. Um, and then they made that cooking one. Cooking Mama? No, like uh, Senra and Kagura, like cooking cooking game. Huh. I can't even right, imagine. Didn't they do that? I don't know. I haven't come heard for the waifus, one, but... stay for the cooking. Yeah, you'll come <laughs> for the waifus, all right. And, then, and, then, um, and there's the, this other game. Speaking of, there's this other game that just came out called uh, I think it's called Dungeon Travelers Two, and I was talking about it with Derek before the show started. But it's like full of like that kind of stuff. And one of my friends was playing it, and he sent me a picture of like when you first meet your party, and it's just like this upskirt of these two girls with like the camera like right on their vagina. So, nice. I mean, it's, so it's part of the course for the Vita. It's not too surprising. Nice. Nice. I I'm gonna have to get a Vita like tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> and then um the uh, the other new favorite game of mine that Derek pointed out to me is the team that made Honey Pop is making another game. Um, oh, I like what? I like that you say that like anyone knows what Honey Pop is. Yeah, I was Do you know? Did you know what Honey Pop was? Do you guys not know what Honey Pop is? No, no. I've never heard of Honey Pop. What? What? Why are you acting like? Why are you so surprised? <laughs> Well, I, it's it was like a, a I guess it was on the front page of Steam for like well, you guys don't have Steam, fuck. Um, it's a um, it's a match three game uh, and dating sim combined together, and huh. you take girls on dates and you play like Bejeweled and uh, depending on like what gems that you match up, it'll like attack her. It'll like it'll attack her. Um, like either her lust or you know her affection for you and you you just kind of like court these girls by playing match three games so and it was super super sexual in fact i think um honey honey pop is banned on twitch uh it's one of the the banned games and um but the company that made honey pop is making a game called honey cam studio where it's like a farmville type game (laughs) where you manage a bunch of cam girls like all the like my free cams or like like uh, Chatterbait or those other like other cam sites, and you just main you just you're just this smut peddler to quote the the trailer, and you just manage all these models. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to get it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get it. I don't have Honey Pop, <laughs> surprisingly enough, but um, I, I'll have to get them in the two pack. So vote for Honey Cam Studio on Greenlight, uh, just because it looks awesome. God, that's that's all my that's all my news for this week. I, I we are scraping Look, the bottom of the barrel. I apo- I apologize. <laughs> well, there were a few things that I wanted to go through real quick. Um, first, please, uh, please. back to D twenty three a little bit. Um, they in between everything that they went over that largely had nothing to do with video games. Um, they did have their video <laughs> game panel where they made a couple of interesting announcements for both Disney Infinity and Kingdom Hearts. So. Starting with Disney Infinity, they announced that they're going to be adding more Disney original figures to the game. So, uh, characters from The Good Dinosaur and Zootopia, which haven't released yet, and then a Peter the Pan figure. The Good Dinosaur figure. looks so good. Yeah, no, it really does. Um, like, anything... Like, you know, usually Pixar's pretty good. Like, they have a pretty solid track record, aside from a handful of movies that I didn't care for. But, but yeah, The Good Dinosaur so far looks really interesting. So does Zootopia, I think. And then Peter Pan is getting in based off of a uh, poll that they did at the recent Toy Box Summit where they gather up the best like level creators from Disney Infinity to uh, kind of come together and judge and build each other's stages and that kind of thing. 
So that was kind of cool because this one seemed kind of light on the actual core Disney characters at first glance. Um, aside from that, uh, every Disney Infinity game has like what they call a ultimate unlock. And the only way to get it is to buy every figure from that game and then level it up to at least level one. So basically it's like mm-hmm. $300 DLC. Um, yeah. but, the fr- but the interesting about it is that every game, like every ultimate unlock has been from a franchise that is not in that current version of Disney Infinity, but it ended up foreshadowing a property that would be in future installments. So the first Disney is. Infinity game had a lightsaber as an unlockable item. And then the second one had Luke Skywalker's speeder. And so, obviously, since the third game has Star Wars in it full-on, they announced that the ultimate unlock in Disney Infinity 3 is going to be a Keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. That's that's That had to have caused a, a fervor. Yeah, because I was thinking about it, like, once Star Wars came out, and I remember talking to Megan about it, I was like, well... They sold the first one on just their own stuff. Then they sold the second one on Marvel, and then the third one on Star Wars. So, like, what other big properties do they have left? But I feel like if they really do end up going with Kingdom Hearts, that it's going to end up attracting a ton of fans that would otherwise not even play Disney Infinity. And for all we know, they might not play it anyway, and they'll just buy all the figures instead, like without the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, didn't didn't Big Hero Six get announced for Kingdom Hearts Three today? Yeah, they announced it during the same panel. So, um, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that was the third piece that I wanted to cover where they announced that it was going to take place story-wise it was going to take place after the end of the movie where the team is like a full-fledged superhero group. Um mm-hmm. they didn't really have a lot of details on it. The only thing that they showed was a piece of concept art where Sora was riding uh Baymax like fighting this heartless version of Baymax like in the air. So, okay. you know, it's hard to say if Baymax is going to be... Because usually in Kingdom Hearts, you only get one party member in each world. So it's hard to say if Baymax is going to be the party member or if you'll interact with more of the team. But, I mean, it sounds really good. It sounds like they're really focusing on more uh, modern Disney this time around. So, uh, you know, they announced Tangled already. And then they announced uh, <laughs> Big Hero 6 recently. And... I mean, Frozen's an, in- an inevitability, especially because it's so huge in Japan. Is, so I, is, I, is Frozen big in Japan? Yeah, I think they launched a Frozen PS4 like at launch with the regular PS4 model, and I think really? it was like the I think it was like the highest selling Blu-ray of all time in Japan, if I remember wow. correctly. Weird. So yeah, Frozen's an inevitability, and if Wreck-It Ralph's not in, I'll be really surprised. So I feel like if that ends up coming true, I feel like Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, Big Hero 6, and Frozen would all be good worlds to have in Kingdom Hearts. The The yeah. only reason I went uh, the only reason I went to go see Wreck-It Ralph is because Skrillex did a song in it and had a cameo in the movie. So like, and then the movie was freaking awesome. Uh, and then the, uh, it was just kind of s- slow. Freaking awesome is what it was. It was, was freaking uh, awesome. I guess. Yeah, no, you're, you're wrong. Yeah, you're yeah. wrong, Shane. <laughs> but then, yeah, outside of D23, real quick before we move on to the games we've been playing, I wanted to make sure to cover the um, Splatoon Splatfest, the next one that's going to start Do next Do they actually Friday. call them the Splatfest? Do they call them Splatfest? Yeah, that's what they're called. That's where we got that's it from. That's awesome. 
That's, so, that's awesome. And then so I know that neither of you have really played it too much. So basically what they are is every once, every like month or so or every two weeks, they have a competition where people vote on one of two um, options, like what's your favorite animal or whatever. And uh, for a 24-hour period, um, everybody who voted play gets matched up in games against each other. And then they score based off of a combination of popularity and win percentage. And then the winning team... Well, both teams get a prize, which is a special item that either lets you change the perks on gear that you maxed out or add more perk slots to gear that wasn't already maxed out. So it's like, it's a fun little way to get the community playing against each other for um, as part That's of the cool. themes. So what they're doing this time is they actually are teaming up with Hasbro and they announced that they're going to have a Transformers-themed uh, Splatfest where you vote between uh, Autobots and Decepticons. So the this is the first... Because every Splatfest is like this, where when you vote, you get a special T-shirt that represents your team, but they take the shirt away from you after the Splatfest is over. So this is like <laughs> the only time that I'm really disappointed that we're not going to be able to keep our Autobot and Decepticons shirts. Is this a paid thing? Is this a paid thing? Or? No, it's, it's free. Like okay. every Splatfest is free. So, so yeah. they're teaming up with Hasbro. When are we going to get our Pony Splatfest going? That that's what people are Never saying. Never probably. But the, you know, <laughs> but you can't just choose between two different ponies. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, true. And then we true. all know Rainbow Dash would just win it. <sighs> yeah, fuck Rainbow Dash. Yeah, seriously, fuck Rainbow Dash. But anyway, <laughs> last thing I wanted to talk about <laughs> was. The uh, Konami poll that just popped up, and I wanted to make sure that uh, Derek had a chance to comment on it, because they're basically polling, and I just took the poll just before the uh, show started, where it's not just like, oh, pick, like, pick your favorite games from a list. It's like kind of extensive, where it's like, here's a well, list Well, tell them what the poll is about. Uh, the poll is just basically asking what games you're interested... It's, it's less of a poll and more of a survey. So they um, are asking what games are you most interested in, why you're interested in them, what kind of gameplay so, you want out of them. And, and the only options are free-to-play mobile games and pachinko machines. No, although <laughs> at the end of the survey, they asked you which platform would you like to see them on, and they pretty much have mobile listed twice. They're like, do you want to play these games on a tablet, or do you want to play these games on a phone? And I'm like, well, most tablets. <laughs> and those are the and only phones... two options. <laughs> I'm like, most tablets and phones play the same thing. But anyway, uh, the most peculiar thing about it is they have some really obscure stuff on there. They have like Track and Field, which hasn't been seen since like NES. They have um, can't remember the name of the game. It was like Rocket something. It was like this possum knight Choo -choo that Rocket? flies on a jetpack. No, no, no. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh... Oh, hold on. Oh, I know that game. I've played it. I know um, it, was, it was critically acclaimed, and I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Rocket but Knight yeah, Adventures. Had, yeah, that's it. Oh, I love Rocket Knight Adventures. So they had Rocket Knight Adventures on the poll. They had Vandal Hearts on the poll. They had Zone of the Enders. Vandal Hearts. They had, um, they had Sunset Riders. And then they had some of the more popular which, ones. Which like I, always, I, always I always affectionately refer to Sunset Riders as Southwest Shooters. I, I could never remember Sunset Riders. <laughs> Southwest Shooters. I worked in an IT shop. Um, I worked in an IT shop that was next to a comic book store that had that game on free play. And um, I would always have to work. I'm like, hey, uh, Brian, you want to go play Southwest Shooters? And he's like, 
what? You know, Southwest Shooters. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but you knew Honeypot. Yeah, I knew Honeypot. <laughs> fuck. Oh, but, okay. So, so tell, but, us, yeah, tell us about the, the kicker. The, yeah, the kicker was that it has all those games listed ranging from Contra to fucking Rocket Knight Adventures, but there's no Metal Gear and there's no Silent Hill listed on the poll. So that's not that it matters much because I'm I'm pretty sure Konami's not going to make any of these games anyway. <laughs> but I which, mean, which pachinko machine should we make next? Yeah, so I mean, Derek, how do you feel about uh, Silent Hill being damned to uh, pachinko machines for the rest of its illustrious run? Fuck those guys is what I, is how I feel. <laughs> what are you guys oh. doing? like like rocket knight adventures great game when was the last time rocket knight was relevant remember a year ago when everyone was freaking out about silent hills and that would have sold a million copies or more than that hopefully because a million's not that much anymore yeah i don't know they're just i it's hard to like i i feel like it's really hard to like it's just typical konami now and it's really hard to be surprised by any of that stuff now when any of that stuff comes out because it's just like oh yeah i would expect i would expect it to be that way because they're dicks i mean track and field are you, are you at least list. excited for the track and fields on the list wow um are you at least excited for the uh the new silent hill slot machine that, that they released no <laughs> <laughs> takes not your, giving that fucking thing my money it takes your life after it takes your money Derek has no soul anymore because Silent Hills doesn't exist. <laughs> it's just Alrighty. so dumb. Which All is, right. which is so dumb. Now Guillermo now Del Toro is completely out of game. Oh yeah, that thanks to Konami. yeah he he vowed to never work on another video game again because he said every whenever he touches one, everything goes to shit and he ruins lives. Well, how how come we, we needed to get him like to work on like a a game series that needs to just die? Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Watchdogs. <laughs> go get a job at ubisoft no because then uh rainbow six will never come out stay away from ubisoft it's not coming just out anyway out. oh fuck that's right um so yeah we're we're circling the drain Do you have any other news before we get into what what we've been playing no let's do it let's move all right derek what you've been playing uh it's been a fairly light week for me i had to spend a few days away from any computers or video game consoles the only thing and my internet's really terrible as i i told you guys at length a number of weeks back i still remember telling that story and and shane was just like what the fuck are you talking about nobody cares (laughs) anyways the only thing i've been playing and it took about 40 hours to download for me but I, i i started everybody's gone to the rapture um which is, I think it's exclusive to PS4 right now, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so uh, freaking gorgeous game. Um, it's really, well, and it, it, we were kind of talking in the pre-show. I was, you know, I was like, it's kind of, it feels similar to like a Dear Esther. Like, you're just kind of exploring and learning about the situation that's going on. And that's essentially the game. And then it, you looked it up and it actually was developed by the same team that worked on Dear Esther. Um just really really gorgeous the story i've only i only had a chance to play it for about 30 45 minutes but the story seems really really neat so far um and again it's just it's just a it's a game kind of just about taking in the scenery and and learning about the world that you're in you know you kind of just walk around and interact with stuff like there's not a huge amount there's there's no there's nothing else to it and and because of that it's almost like a it's a different experience like when you play a game like that like you don't have to worry about conflict or anything like that it's just about um 
experiencing a story and and it's a nice games like that i feel like are a nice break from the stuff that obviously we we typically play you know like like i i was able to you know jumping out of something action-packed like batman arkham knight and then just kind of walking around that area for for half an hour is just a it's a great way to wind down because game games can i feel like games can be stressful sometimes and it's an experience or a title like that is uh is a cool way to just kind of shift your mentality um i i'm really enjoying it so far i can't wait to jump back in and and experience the rest of the story i don't know how long it's supposed to be actually but i've been really enjoying it so far and it's absolutely gorgeous you know one thing that i used to do as a kid um when i got my 64 is i would um i would uh on mario i'd have a a, a save point or i got a save file that had one star so i could just go and swim around in the moat because it was so like (laughs) relaxing so I, I, know, I know exactly what you mean where you dislike these like relaxing games. And I've actually been playing a game that's um, fairly similar to that, but I'll let you finish your thought before we, we move on. That, that's it. That's my thoughts. I would recommend it. It's only 20 bucks um, in Canada. I don't know if it's the same in your country, but uh, it's, it's really cool. It just came out, I think, last Tuesday or the Tuesday before. I'm um, really enjoying it so far. Cool, cool. Um, I um, I've been going through a lot. And it's of my a short. It's and it'll be a shorter game, so I'll actually be able to finish it. Now, one criticism I've heard about that game is that your character just moves so slow, and there's a lot of like if you like are exploring an area, you just get. And that was my, the biggest complaint I had with uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter. It was just so like your character moves so slow, and if you had to like backtrack, I it was just. Tedious. I feel like I feel like I haven't thought of like. Like now that you mention it, it might the character may walk fairly slow, but I've been kind of so into the you know looking around the scenery and the environment and uh, and kind of taking everything in that I've never wished that it could go faster. Gotta go fast. At um, least at this point, which is thirty forty five minutes. Okay, okay. Is that wait? Is that how long the game is? Only thirty five minutes? No, that's how much I've put into it. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? What a waste of money. Um, I um. I've been playing. I've been going through my PS Plus free game library. Uh, I, I started playing uh, Race the Sun, which is like a an endless runner game where um, you're a bird, or I guess it, it, it's a kite, but it, it looks like a bird, and you have to chase the sun. And if you go into shadows, you lose power. There's obstacles to avoid, and it's one where like you have these like little like objectives like like travel a certain amount of distance without bumping into anything and you can upgrade your your kites and um it's just it's it's fun game uh there's really not much much to uh say it's uh you know hop in play it for like 30 minutes and then hop out um i have been playing um besides destiny i uh have been playing um the unfinished swan uh swan (laughs) the unfinished the unfinished (laughs) swan um are any of you guys familiar with that game I've yeah. seen. I know. I'm familiar with it. I haven't played it myself. It's a. It's a game where you play a kid that gets sucked into like canvases that your mother um had um had made. She was a painter, but she never finished anything. And it's a real like sweet story about this kid that um you go into this world of like a storybook world where there's a king that that got rid of all of the color, and you have to just find the unfinished swan your favorite so fuck unfinished swan the, the your character's like favorite um painting and um it's it's a, it's got a really interesting gimmick 
you uh, some some levels are completely white and you and you throw globs of ink that will attach to the geometry so you can find your way around and like um you don't want to just start spitting black ink everywhere because then you'll just be in a room of total black instead of total white um it's a cute little puzzle game um i've put maybe an hour into it um then there's there's other levels that have like shading and then you get instead of uh get instead of ink you get water uh like little bubbles of water and you have to like grow plants to unlock different things it's it's a real sweet game um i'm going to get started on fairy fencer f tonight when we get off josh gave me a copy of that and i'm excited to get some waifus and play that but um yeah slow slow week for me too um just putting more more time into tis 100 as well and um uh from the depths which is a fucking impossible game that game is really really hard um but that's it for me what do you got josh um, I actually ended up getting three different review games this week that I've been kind of killing myself trying to work on. Um, first off, I wanted to start with Danganronpa, another episode, which <laughs> I'm sure Jonathan will love if he's listening, which I'm sure he is because that was, <laughs> Danganronpa was the theme of Comic-Con this year for no other Danganronpa! reason than he wanted to walk around just yelling Danganronpa out to everybody. But the best part um, about that, the best part about that is when we were handing out postcards at the booth. He'd be like, Danganronpa, and hand someone a postcard, and they look at him like, what the fuck did I just walk into? Like, what is this <laughs> nutbag? <laughs> yeah, and we imagine having to share a hotel room with him while he was doing that. Uh, but crazy. it was fan- It was fantastic. But It was. Yeah, the, uh, this is the one that I was talking about that even though the previous games are text adventures, are... This one's like a spin-off that's more of an action game, but it actually plays a lot like Resident Evil 4, like a survival horror over-the-shoulder uh, shooter. And it's actually really well-designed. There's a ton of variety. Um, there's a lot of different enemies that all behave in like drastically different ways. And then your gun carries like a lot of different bullets that do different things. So um, it's technically a hacking gun, and all the enemies are robots, so... Your standard ammo, for example, will just short-circuit them and kill them. And then there's another one that will uh, move things in the environment. So there's, like, certain electric cars where if you shoot them with the move ammo, it'll force the car to drive forward and, like, run over everything in its path. Um, There's a dance ammo that makes them dance in place. And, like, ones that that have sirens, if they start dancing, all the enemies will gather around them and start dancing with them, so then that way you can just, like, plant a bomb or whatever and blow them all up at once. (laughs) And just, like, and, like, little things like that. So it has, like, the gameplay is, like, really, really well done. Uh, The story is really... And I've mentioned this before, how the stories in the main games are kind of screwed up and twisted, but this game takes it even farther, which I had no idea would even be possible, but... Um, yeah, like, the main protagonist, I mean, the main antagonists are, like, this group of kids who's trying to kill all of the adults, and all of them have some really screwed up backstories as to why they hate adults, and, uh, I'm sure you can what's imagine why or some of them, but, what Ugh. was that? Uh, did, did one of them, uh, uh, frequent, uh, Jared's subway? Uh, yeah, with her mother. Topical, topical. <laughs> topical guys um yeah isn't there a dating game where um like you go to a, like a like a school for like handicapped girls what yeah, not that what i know of it? but it sounds like a Hold great on. idea 
hold on, anime dating game handicap <laughs> girls. Like I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh fuck. Um, but yeah. Um, Disability like only... girls. Is, you're serious? That's There's a, real a fucking thing. video game called Disability Girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dis- Disability Girls are Katawa Shoujo. Uh, oh, that's right. In America, it's called Cripple Girls. <laughs> that's so much that's, worse. That's that's what it is. Yeah, um, it's a visual novel. Um, uh, to tell the story of a young man and five young women living with very disabilities. The game uses traditional text and sprite vice novel with an ADV style text box, blah, 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 Is he blah. the only one who could walk? Uh, uh, yes, yes. The majority of the story takes place <laughs> in a fictional high school for disabled children located in an unnamed city somewhere in northern Japan. Uh, Hisao Nakai, an able-bodied boy, has his life changed when a long, dormant cardiac arrhythmia forces him to transfer to a new school after a long hospitalization. Despite his difficulties, he still has the opportunity to find friends. That's what it was. That's what it is. Is that you can't, um, uh, you can't get his heart rate up. Otherwise, he passes out or dies. <laughs> so when you're like dating these, when you're dating these girls, you gotta like, you gotta keep it, you gotta keep it down. So that's what it is. Yeah. Fuck. Oh my god. I need god. to get that game. That there, sounds amazing. And isn't there? Maybe I'm thinking of Hot Up a Boyfriend, but isn't there one where there's a girl? Uh, that she's actually dead the whole time because she's always in the library. Did you say that in Hot of a Boyfriend? Um, that's not the girl, but like you play as a girl dating boys, and yeah, there is yeah. one like that. But okay. um, but yeah, like anyway, the, disability only... girls. <laughs> but yeah, my only major complaint with Danganronpa, and there's an embargo on review, but it should be up next week. But my just as a preview, my only major complaint is it did not forget that it came it, that it was derived from a text adventure because they talk and talk and talk and while all the voice acting is great and almost the entire game is voice acted it does get kind of obnoxious when you're 30 minutes into nothing but dialogue in your shooter so yeah it, it i can see how that'd be annoying yeah and then outside of that um i just actually uh nintendo of america surprised me with a copy of little battlers experience which, oh, um, you got one. Yeah, it, it, like it was crazy. Like I didn't, need, and this time, like it was, uh, like they sent me like the little press kit and everything inside, so it was kind of cool. But I just played a little bit of it. I don't know if uh, Nino Kuni is like this, but I know that um, Inazuma Eleven was like this, which was which are both RPGs from Level Five, and yeah. then Dark Cloud was like this also, where the localization on it's just kind of is like really weird it's like it's not particularly bad but all of the names like they chose the most americanized names for each character that they could possibly find like is really like matt like they look super japan like super japanese anime but it's like nathan and matt and stuff like that and it's just really weird and like they there's so many like dudes and cool and like like slang that you'd hear in a like a junior high i, I feel like nino kuni was not like that okay yeah, but then then again, too, Nino Kuni was like didn't really the best. Well, like it didn't market itself as anything other than like a hardcore uh, like Miyazaki RPG. Whereas these games are yeah. always kind of marketed with kids in mind. So I could see why there would be a distinction between that. But uh, the gameplay is really fun. There's a ton of customizable parts for each of your robots, and it seems like it's going to have a lot of ways to uh, kind of make the game your own. So. I'll have more to say about it next week, I'm sure. And then lastly, 
Um, I played Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which was a huge surprise because that game doesn't come out for another like month and a half. But it's completely under embargo, and I can't say a word about it, so too bad. <laughs> too bad. Um, all right, what do you say we, we wrap up? Um, let's get to our mission objectives. Last week, we asked you guys, what game did you absolutely hate at first that grew on you, that you grew to love? Um, I will go first. You guys can get any responses ready. Uh, Devlin C. said Skyrim. I was always an FPS gamer, and that changed my outlook on games. Juan D. Um, uh, is that the man who killed my father? Uh, <laughs> joke. There you go. Uh, Call of Duty. Uh, Vermin C. said Ghost Recon Future Soldier. And Laura H. said Dragon Age Inquisition. I hated it. Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, I've got uh, Michael D. said Assassin's Creed. Hated one, loved AC2 and onward. He's the guy that really loves Assassin's Creed Unity. He's that, that one guy. That Ugh. guy. Um, we found him. <laughs> Eric Eric F. said, as a series, Call of Duty. You when don't they ha- first is became... that our Eric? Yeah. Then you can just say his name. I, I, is he our Eric or is he inverse as Eric? He's our Eric. He's our Eric. Oh. Eric Francisco. Uh, he'll, always, he'll always be our Eric. When they yeah. first became Call of Duty with the very first Modern Warfare, I was like, uh, really? Over time, I grew to admire their scale, and they they really own up to their identity. I don't play all of them. In fact, Ghost was the last one I played, but I don't have an aversion to them anymore like I did way back when. Can't think of any individual games. If I hated them, I stopped playing them to see if I had changed my mind. Kyle A. said, uh, can I say which game I loved first and hated ever since? <laughs> I love Assassin's Creed 1 to Brotherhood and hated everything ever since. Same goes with Call of Duty ever since Black Ops. It's been trash. <laughs> wow. It's quite the inverse of the last two responses. No pun yeah. intended. Quite the inverse, indeed. Ah. Uh, Graham H. said Civ and Mario Paint. Uh, Sarah B. said Monster Rancher Card Battler for PS1. I accidentally rented it instead of Monster Rancher 2, and I was so mad at first, but I ended up really liking it. Michael B. says Super Mario Bros. The Lost Level. Uh, Dylan L. said Animal Crossing, and uh, that's what I got. Hmm. And me, I only had a couple answers. Uh, Sadie P said life, which I think we all could relate to at one point or another. And I'm not sure. Is she talking about the board game? Board game? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Was she one of those people that ended up with like 17 kids and they all couldn't fit in the car? And then she ended up losing all her money while everyone. and And then she was the only one who went to college and she ended up coming in last place to everyone who became rock stars and athletes. Yeah. <laughs> F- fuck life. But anyway, and then uh, Chelsea M said Donkey Kong. That's all I got. Cool, right on. All right, um, uh, our question this week, um, let me get it, uh, is have you purchased any video game collector's editions and which ones have been your favorite? Um, and you know what? If, if, if you have one that sticks out of your mind that you absolutely hate, let us know that too. Um, but we're talking about video game collector's edition. Uh, Derek, you go first. Uh, I've bought many. Uh, so right from absolute trash like Dead Space 2 which came with a little plastic McDonald's quality toy uh, <laughs> plasma cutter or whatever they called um, to that one that one probably stands out as the worst uh, that I've purchased uh, the best uh, I'm not going to count the Fallout 4 Pip-Boy edition because I don't actually have it yet but I did secure one but the best one would probably have to be uh, the collector's edition of Bioshock 2 um, which came with uh, the soundtrack on a like a like a record. You had um, that? Oh yeah, 
Oh my god. Yeah, so it comes uh, in this sell gorgeous to me. box. Sell it to me. Sell it to me. <laughs> no way, man. Sell it to it me. It comes in this you don't gorgeous even have box. Tables. It's it's sealed, man. It comes in this gorgeous box. Uh and it, it doesn't even play these, the record. The soundtrack on the record. I think it has it on a CD as well. Um it's got a an art book um the game of course a couple other little things and these amazing it comes with three these three uh 11 by 17 like prints um kind of like very similar art style to what you see on the advertisements and stuff in the game um but they're absolutely gorgeous and so i frame those up um in nice frames they're hanging on my wall and they look fantastic that is probably the best collector's edition that i've purchased so far uh josh um from starting with worst as well and then leading up to the best. Um, worst has to be a three-way tie between the Resident Evil 5 and Street Fighter 4 Collector's Editions, which basically had the same problem where they came with <laughs> figures and they promised these really detailed figures on the advertisements and you got them and they looked worse than the first print Amiibos. Yeah. Where their paint was all over the place. I don't think my Crimson Viper had eyes. Um <laughs> <laughs> they were just horrible and you were expecting these gr- and this is around the time that collector's edition started becoming more expensive so it was just really disappointing and in the case of resident evil they promised that it was going to come with a tricell branded bag and when you got oh, the that- bag it was so small that it didn't even fit anything yeah <laughs> so that was horrible and then the other other bad one that stands out in my mind is batman arkham asylum and I remember Ooh. when they first announced it, it was supposed to be like a replica Batarang that was supposed to be some kind of, I don't think it was supposed to be real like metal, but it was supposed to be like some kind of mock-up, like substitute metal and make it look like a real Batarang. And it was supposed to be detachable. And then I think it was like a month or so prior to release, something came out where they deemed it unsafe. So they oh had God. to re um, redesign uh, the Batarang. And then when it finally came out, it's like mounted and it's it's like flimsy plastic instead of like the metal substitute or whatever there was that they were going to use and instead of it being detachable it was mounted to the stand and not only was it mounted to the stand where you couldn't take it off like promised but it was tied to it in like the worst way where there was like something there was like a peg in the middle of the batarang so you couldn't even like see the replica batarang like straight through the design it oh, just really, really? It's like there's this big gray piece of plastic inside the middle of the of the thing so it didn't even really look like oh, a battering anymore gross. and that was re- i remember it was expensive too and then as far as my best um i'm sure there there might be better ones but i can't think of any other ones than this one but um both the tales of zillia part one and two collector's editions uh part two came with an art book uh, pocket watch that was like a replica of what the main character had and then a statue of the main character whereas part one came with something similar where it was like a really fancy looking art book a figure of the main character of that game and a soundtrack and just the figures on the figures were really detailed and really big in scale and they looked like the kind of thing that would be like 70 or 80 dollars if you bought it from an anime hobby shop but I think the sec the first game's collector's edition was like $120 and the second game's was 99 and then I ended up finding it on clearance at Best Buy for 30 anyway. So it's like <laughs> you were getting these really you were getting these really nice looking figures that would have been expensive on their own plus like this detailed art book with a really nice cover, the soundtracks, the pocket watch at a relatively cheap price and the game itself was really good in both cases. 
So it was definitely hmm. something that I was glad I bought afterwards. Hmm. Um, my, uh, I have to agree with you on the Resident Evil 5 Collection Edition one. I was caught up in the hype on that and got it and was so disappointed. The 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 Chris statue is just like like really this is like a McDonald's fucking toy. That bag was uh, like I've gotten better bags handed to me at at Comic Con um, than <laughs> than this piece of crap. Um, Man, this the, would cost you one hundred twenty bucks. The only thing that was cool in there was the BSAA patch that I didn't put on anything. Um, you got like, you got like a lithograph of like just the, the front cover box art and it's like, okay, well, what am I gonna do with this postcard size? And it, it, it came like boarded and mounted. So I was like, what am I going to do with this? This is stupid. The, and, but the, the stupidest thing in there was that fucking necklace of the, uh, fucking, uh, BSA logo. So it was a necklace of the continent of Africa. <laughs> it, it, it gave no no allusions to like Resident Evil at all. It's just like, oh, um, big fan of Africa, are you? It's like, no, this is, uh, yes, I'm a huge fan of Africa. Like the concept of Africa is really entertaining. The um uh the other one that pops into mind was the prototype um uh like collector's edition, or it might have just been a pre order perk, but like you got a like a figure of Alex Mercer that was just shit tier, and like a poster that I it was like. A poster that was a map of the um uh, of the city, but it was just it was just it was just garbage. Um, you know, actually, it reminds me. Um, way back when, I I picked up Yoshi's Story on the sixty four, and uh-huh. like I was a little kid and like I just I wanted it. My mom's like, all right, we'll get it, and we go to get it, and the guy's like, oh yeah, um, well, um, if you know if you pre order it, um, you get a a free uh, Yoshi uh, uh beanbag character and. We were like, oh, we didn't we just want to pick it up. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was just like a little, little, little Yoshi plushie, and um, the guy's like, oh, you you pre-ordered it, right? And we're like, when we weren't catching on, he's like, okay, yes, you pre-ordered it, and he just like gave me the 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 little Yoshi pre-order bonus, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But um, uh, aside from pro tip, pro tip, guys, is buy retail copies of PC games that have like um either pre-order perks. Or um, like collector's editions, because you'll end up just like the first prints of any retail copy of PC games. Um, at least in my experience, typically come with the pre-order perks in them. They just put the code in. So like when I bought um, the last one that I bought retail was Syndicate, and it came with all the pre-order perks just on a piece of paper in in inside of the uh, the box. So that's a little pro tip. But hands down, my favorite collector's edition had to have been Halo Three. I got the Spartan like legendary edition, the one with the helmet and everything. Um, it was just a cool thing to have on your shelf. But one night I had a bout of insomnia and I spent about eight hours with a Dremel and um, screwdrivers and I took the helmet apart and it, it's, believe it or not, it's in like 50 pieces. Like each panel is a different piece. I took it apart. I took a Dremel. I sanded down all of the internal structure and then I put it back together and super glued it. And I made it so that the visor could come in and out. And I was able to get the thing on my head. So I, oh, I, dude, I that's would, awesome. So I, I had it on a shelf and like people come over for a party. And I'm like, hey, guys, you something cool? And I'd just be like, whoop. And they're like, holy shit. And um, at one point there was talk about like taking it apart again and putting like a little tiny like screen in it and speakers that you could like hook up to your Xbox. And I 
was looking into wiring it, but it it got lost in a move somewhere or got trashed. But um, uh, yeah, I guess the only the only reason I like that one so much is just because I was able to take take apart and get the helmet to actually fit on my head. So yeah, I was really uh, disappointed when I realized you couldn't wear it. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I I was too, but I, I still got it because like the the bonus stuff in there was was cool, and it was just a cool thing to have on your shelf, especially a, a kid in high school. Um, right, right. But uh. If you still then, hey, if anybody has it, you can fit it on your head. I have a big head. Yeah, if you try hard enough. And then, real quick, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we're running long again as usual, but I we had a couple of responses to our mission objective on Twitter, and I didn't want to ignore our uh, Twitter fans who just had a couple oh, come abs- in. Absolutely. So, uh, so uh, Russell S said Super Mario 64, and then Adam L, who's currently writing for us as the ACZ. Uh, said it has to be Benja Kazooie nuts and bolts. Already spent tons of hours creating vehicles and finding mumbo crates, which I completely agree with. Except I loved it from the beginning. So screw everyone <laughs> who says that game sucks. It's fantastic. Go play it. Rare replay, and we're done. I think we're done. Okay, it, we're done. We're done. That's it. We're done. That was uh, level forty-two, guys. So uh, hit us up with uh, the answers to the mission objective. Have you purchased any video game collector's edition? Which has been your favorite and. Like I said, you know, if you have like a, a, a distinct one that sticks out of your mind that you absolutely hate, we'd love to hear that too. Um, you can uh, leave a comment on SoundCloud, leave a comment on our Facebook, leave a comment on Twitter. Hit us up at geekscape.net. Follow us at Geekscape Games. I'm at Shane O'Hare, SS Jake on the PlayStation Network. I'm uh, at D. Cranavelt, and it's Captain K17, not Captain K12 on PlayStation, like you said last week. <laughs> Shit. Captain, some dude, Captain some K12 dude is going to get a bunch, bunch of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm at Enu Joshua on everything because I'm trying to keep it simple for you people. <laughs> you people. I saw a license plate today that was Enu Fox and I thought of you. Aw, thank you. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you back here next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.